Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church this morning. Great to see you all on this blustery day. Uh, just a, a slight problem with the, the weather today. Um, but it's good to be here. And uh, I'm not going to remind everyone of all the things we need to do uh, in order to keep ourselves safe. However, there is probably a bit of change going on, um, if you've been watching the news and keeping up with that. And uh, it might mean that we need to go back to online services if they make a certain decision to take us to uh, Tier 4. Um, so in Tier 4, we're restricted to 20 people in the building. It's currently 50. Uh, then it would be 20. So we're probably in that event going to go back to doing online uh, only. Um, other than the people who are serving. But anyway, that's for the future. So uh, we're here. And uh, there's a little verse from the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 17. I love this verse. It says that, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Spirit of the Lord is here. The, the Spirit of the Lord exists in our hearts. And uh, where He is, there is freedom. And uh, I, I just pray that we are free uh, to express worship today, to, to engage in what uh, God wants to say and do today. Um, Sarah's going to sing a song uh, for us. Um, it's a song called Peace, and we're going to do that in just a little minute. And uh, if you listen to the words of this song, the words are absolutely phenomenal. We've been thinking about strongholds over the last number of weeks and uh, how, how things can just get a hold of us and they can become part of uh, who we are, and they can stop us from entering into all that God has for us. And uh, I'm just going to finish off that series of messages today by thinking about how uh, we can be wounded in life. Um, but as we think about the words of this song, as we meditate in the words of this song, uh, they really speak into that whole area of where we can be wounded in our lives. We're going to pray, and we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together, and uh, I just realized I don't have my clicker. Uh, it should be in my bag uh, through there. If somebody wants to grab that for me, that would be great. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can come into your presence. And uh, Father, that's what we covet more than anything else. We just love to be in your presence. We love to be where you are. We love to be where you're at work. And uh, Father, we pray that you keep leading us into that place where you are working. Father, that place where you are speaking, that place where you are touching people at the very core of their being, Father, that place where you're bringing transformation on the inside of people, Father, we just want to be where you're at work. And uh, Father, we know that you love people. Father, we know that your heart is for people. And we just want to be in that place where we experience uh, your transforming power. Father, where we experience uh, your presence. And Father, we know that where you're at work, you're at work to bring freedom to us. And Father, as we, as, as we even think about uh, your word today, and Father, as we, we dip into Isaiah 61, we think about that, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Father, we think of Jesus' mission to bring freedom. And uh, Lord, we just want to be part of what you're doing today. Lord, help us today as we come to worship you. Lord, we are really missing the fact that we can't sing our praises to you. But Father, we pray that you'd hear the praise from our hearts. Father, your word says that we're to sing and make music in our hearts, and we can do that certainly today. And so, Father, help us to really engage with all that you want to do today. In Jesus' name we ask. Let's pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and lead us not, oh, sorry, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. What an incredible prayer. The fact that we can pray these things day in and day out. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And as we listen to this song, let's reflect, let's meditate on the words of that scripture and this song as we worship God. Mm -hmm. 
Father, we just thank you for all that you do in our lives. And Father, we just think of the, the words of that verse from Isaiah, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And Father, we, we just we come before you today, Father, in the middle of all the things that are going on in our lives. And Father, we just want to come to that place where we can pray with thanksgiving and bring our requests and, and, and Father, in that moment, in that relationship, in the depth of that connection with you, Father, experience this peace. Father, a peace which goes beyond anything we can understand. Father, we are just so grateful for your presence in our lives. Father, you, your transforming presence in our lives. And Father, we just thank you that you want to move in this moment. And Father, that you want to bring that peace into each of our lives. Father, whether we're here in the building or Father, whether we're online, Father, you want to bring that peace into our hearts. And Father, we just, we just acknowledge that you're here in this moment. And Father, we, we want to just know your presence. Father, we want to know that deep peace. Father, that deep peace of the Father in the very core of our being. So, Father, we pray, move in our hearts. And, Father, as we come to take communion, Father, we, we just want to remember the one who was called the Prince of Peace, Jesus. And, Father, we pray that he would just breathe his peace into our lives today. Father, regardless of what's going on in our lives, Father, regardless of the circumstances, Father, regardless of what's happening in our world, Father, we want to experience that peace. And so, Lord, as we take communion now, Father, we remember again uh, what Jesus has done for us. We remember what he has accomplished for us on that cross. <clears throat> and Father, we just want to be 
in that place of your presence. And so, Father, as we take bread and as we take wine, Father, we remember that body which was broken for us and that blood which was shed for us. I was just reading through Matthew just now and came to the account of the crucifixion. And as I was reading this account of the crucifixion in Matthew, it just struck me afresh what Jesus has actually accomplished for us. It's actually unimaginable what Jesus has done for us. But then you come to this little encounter in Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 to 6. And this is what it says. When the women came to the tomb to find Jesus, it says the women were breathless and terrified until the angel said to them, there's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. Powerful. There's no reason to be afraid. What can come against the Christian? Nothing in this life or the next. Nothing can come against the Christian. There's no reason to be afraid. And he goes on to say, I know you're here looking for Jesus. Wow. (laughs) I know you're here looking for Jesus. Whether you're joining us online or whether you're here in the building today, I know you're looking for Jesus. Because Jesus can transform and make a difference in our lives. It says, I know you're here looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen victoriously. Just as he said. Just as he said. He's risen victoriously. Just as he said. Just like it said in the scripture. And Jesus knew the scriptures inside out. And he quoted the scriptures often in relation to himself. He said, I've not come to abolish them. I've come to fulfill them. Come inside the tomb and see the place where our Lord was lying. The reason we're here today is because we're looking for Jesus. The reason we're here today, whether online or in the building, is because we're looking for Jesus. We're looking for his presence. And so as we take the bread and as we take the wine, let's remember afresh all that he has done for us. Let's remember afresh that there's no reason to be afraid because he has conquered death, hell, and the grave. His is the victory. So let's just take bread uh, together. Father, we thank you for this bread which reminds us of that body of Jesus which was broken for us. Father, we take it today in remembrance of him and in appreciation of all that he has won for us, accomplished for us. Father, this peace which we're singing about today can be ours through him and through his finished work. So, Father, we praise you, we bless you, and we just give glory to your name this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just take the wine together as well as we remember that blood which was shed for us. Father, we thank you for Jesus' blood which was shed not just on the cross, but Father, in that punishment which he took unjustly. Father, here was a man who had never done anything wrong and yet he took our sins upon himself. He took our punishment upon himself. And Father, we take this wine to remember that blood which was shed for us. Father, we do it in remembrance of him. But Father, not just looking back. Father, we're looking forward because we have a hope and a future, not just for this life, but Father, in eternity as well. So Father, we take this in his name. Amen. Maybe we could just sing that chorus again, Sarah. Peace. Stop.
Father, just help us to breathe in everything that you have for us. Father, just as we take a breath and we breathe in the air that's around us, Father, may we breathe in your presence. And Father, we pray that as we do that, Father, we know that we need oxygen to live. But Father, we know that we need your presence in order to live spiritually. And so, Father, may we continue to just breathe in your presence. Father, may it sustain us in our times of difficulty. Father, may it strengthen us in our times of weakness. Father, may it give us hope in those moments where we're struggling to see around the corner, we're struggling to see far enough ahead. Father, may it give us hope and a certainty. Father, we just thank you for each other. We thank you for bringing us together today. And Lord, we pray that as we continue in the service, that you would lead us in our thoughts, the meditations of our heart. And Lord, we just want to be open to all that you would say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you to everyone who's serving today. Um, it's much appreciated. Just one or two things that I need to announce today. Um, I've already talked a wee bit about where we might need to go. Um, and I also need to remember to take my photographs, so I'll do that just now. Um, Sarah, that was absolutely incredible. Thank you. It was just wonderful. Well, I'm just such powerful words in that song. It was just amazing. And, uh, we just need to live in the reality of it. That's the thing. Um, we have been sort of promoting the, the shoebox appeal through Samaritan's Purse. There are uh, some shoeboxes up the back if you want to, to do that. We've got two weeks left, two weeks to get them back in. So that's not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, because the, the following week, that week, they'll be getting picked up. And if you're doing shoeboxes online, please let us know. We'll include that in uh, the total. Uh, so just let us know. And again, just thank you to, to everyone who's serving today. Thank you to everyone who's joining online. And uh, we just hope that you are getting as much out of this uh, as, as I am in <laughs> being here. It's just incredible to be in, in God's presence. But um, just for those who are using Facebook or if you're using YouTube, uh, please leave comments because it, it helps us to know um, that we're able to reach you as well. And uh, we, we've been having this running uh, sort of battle competition, whatever you want to call it, of, to see who gets the, the chocolate. Uh, so first place uh, this week, and this is nothing short of miraculous, was Sophie Neely. <laughs> uh, second place was Ann and Bobby. Well done. So uh, you get one each, by the way. No, you don't need to share one. <laughs> We're generous. And uh, lastly was Jack. Yay, well done, Jack. Um, but also just to remind you that on a Wednesday night, we're gathering to, to pray together on Zoom. And uh, we would love for more and more people to join us there. Um, our prayer meetings have just been wonderful. Um, and just the sense of the presence of God is phenomenal. And at the end of the day, that's what we need. We need His presence when we come together. So join us on, uh, on Zoom if you're able to. Uh, that would be great. Um, we're going to finish our series on demolishing strongholds. Uh, we're going to uh, think today a little bit about uh, wounding and what that kind of looks like. Now, last week, last week we talked about feelings and emotions, and I showed you a little video of uh, what it was like to express your emotions. Um, I'm going to show you another video today, which is absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I just thought it was funny anyway. So it's kind of similar to to the last time. This is just hilarious. What is this? <laughs> oh dear. Oh, didn't he quaff? <laughs> oh dear. Just for fun, because I thought it was hilarious. But the things that we do, eh? We're talking today about wounding. I don't know if these little guys were wounded off the back of that. Probably not, but it was absolutely hilarious. Um, 
Yeah, I, I want to read a little passage um, from Scripture. It's Isaiah chapter 61. I've been, I, I don't know, I just feel as if I've been getting drawn back to this passage quite a few times uh, recently. And it's really just the first verse that I want to read out. Um, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. You'll be so familiar with it. And it says, the Spirit, of the, sov- sorry, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. That is good news. I don't know about you. I sometimes feel humble and afflicted. Um, he has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from confinement and con- uh, condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to the prisoners. And it was just that little section of it to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. That's the way that it puts it in the amplified version. And I I just found those words so powerful, to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Jaws. Has anybody ever watched the movie Jaws, the first one, right? And there's this scene on the boat where they're out hunting the shark, and they start to compare all their scars. I think they've had a couple too many beers, and uh, they start comparing all the scars, and uh, I, I just, I find this amazing, you know, it's like, and, and the, the captain, the police captain, he's like, I actually don't have any scars. He feels a bit embarrassed. Um, I don't know if you remember that. I thought it was a funny, funny section in the film. But it made me think it's a lot easier to talk about our scars than it is to talk about our wounds, Have you ever thought about that? It's easier to talk about our scars than it is to talk about our wounds. Scars are marks from what has happened in the past, uh, in life to us, places where we may have been hurt. Um, But but wounds are things that we still have as part of our day-to-day reality. And even wounds of the past, as you know, we can have been wounded in the past, but still feel the effect of that wounding today. And we can be carrying those wounds. Let's, let's think about the reality of this. This is the reality. We can be carrying wounds our whole life. Not scars, not things that have healed. We can be carrying wounding for our whole lives. And we continue to feel the pain of the, those wounds because they've never really healed. And that's the reality for so many people. We, we walk with wounds. You've probably heard that phrase, the walking wounded. We can live with wounds that were inflicted on us in the past, but we're still living with the reality of those wounds. Now, I've been thinking about this recently. My wounds, oh my goodness, it looks worse on the screen than I thought it would. Remember I tore my calf at Treasure Kids? I was sprinting across this hall in a semi-circular direction. We were playing a game called Cross the Golden River. And by the way, I never let the kids win, okay? (laughs) Just because they're wee doesn't mean to say we have to give them an easy ride, okay? (laughs) Boys and girls, you don't get an easy shot when you're in Treasure Kids, okay? And I was so competitive, and I was sprinting across this hall, and I got to right here, and there was this almighty snap, and something right in there broke, okay? I thought I'd broke my leg, actually, but it was actually uh, the, the muscle deep inside that had snapped, and uh, I got all the wrong advice. I'll not go into that because this is online and maybe somebody from St. John's is listening. But anyway, I got all the wrong advice. I was up and trying to go to a meeting the following day. It took me five minutes to walk from the car to the door of the place we were meeting. It was just, it was an excruciating pain. And then the next year I broke my wrist, fell off the ladders. And then the year after that, five minutes before midnight, I was, we were doing, uh, what was that? Arcadian Strip the Willow. Uh, so I'd been jigging about all night, and uh, it was five minutes before midnight, and it was actually Dave Stewart came in the door, and he was in his wheelchair, and I thought, I actually thought Dave Stewart had kicked me in the back of the leg. I, was about, I turned around, I was about to give him a hard time. <laughs> Why did you kick me in the back of the leg? But he hadn't, he was miles away from me. And I'm like, oh no, I've done it again. And dare I say, and each of these three occasions, I fainted. What an embarrassment. But the reality is that these wounds have all healed up, thankfully. Um, We were 75 miles in the saddle yesterday, uh, cycling between Glasgow uh, and Edinburgh, Josh and I, and a great achievement, because these wounds have healed up. But the 
the reality for, for many of us is that there is a wound in which can come inside of us, an emotional, a mental, or a spiritual wounding, which is much harder to heal. And we need a different kind of treatment, and we need a different kind of doctor to heal those types of wounds. And this is what I was thinking, if I to sum up what I'm trying to say today, it would be this. When you're pressed in the place of your wounding, you feel the pain from your past and the present. I don't know if you've ever been to the doctor with something that's sore. You know, maybe somewhere that's sore. That's happened to me recently as well. What a life, eh? Um, and you go to the doctor, and the doctor gets you up in the bed, and he's poking and prodding around, and he goes, is that sore? When he presses on the bit of sore, you go, ah! <laughs> Aye, that's the bit that's sore. It's still sore. And it can be like that with the wounds which have been inflicted on us in the past. When somebody says something or does something, it can be a trigger that's like pressing on that bit of our past, which is still sore, which still hurts. And I really believe that God wants to heal us of that wounding, and God can heal us of that wounding. That's what it said in the Amplified Version. He wants to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. Now, past wounding, pressing, present pain. I'm going to show you a video of a woman. It's only two minutes. She shares a little bit of her story, and she, you need to listen carefully because she's quite quiet-spoken. But she talks about a wounding that has happened in her past. And at one point in time in this video, you, you begin to see that actually there are still some bits of this which are causing her pain. So let's just uh, watch that little video for a second. It's two minutes long. I grew up in Michigan. My mom and dad divorced when I was three. I have a little brother. My mom remarried shortly after, a year after. My stepfather was incredibly controlling. It made my mom feel like a lesser person, uh, the way he talked to her. Abusive in every sense of the word. Didn't have a job, so he was always home. Not a fun person to live with at all. When I was in eighth grade, we moved to Texas. He convinced my mom that it was a good idea that he adopt us. We didn't put up a fight because I think we were too scared. If we don't do it, my stepdad's gonna be meaner to my mom. He's gonna be meaner to us. I felt like I was doing a deal with the devil. My dad never complained about or never tried to talk us out of letting my stepdad adopt us. He wanted us to do what we wanted to do. Looking back, I, I really think that he took it as we gave up on him, that he couldn't do his part, and we wanted a better life without him. Truly, we were trying to keep the peace in the house that we lived in because my stepdad was not a good person. What we did not know at the time is that uh, my dad was suffering um, from uh, a severe depression. We really did not go back to visit him because my stepdad was incredibly controlling. He didn't make it easy, he made it very difficult to communicate with them. And he died a year later. Walked away from it under the impression or being told that he died of a broken heart. The guilt that comes with that was incredibly heavy because we felt like, you know, I played a big part in breaking his heart because I let my stepdad adopt us. You know, you can clearly see the effect of the things which have happened in our past, being subject to a controlling relationship, an abusive type of relationship, and uh, the effect that that had on her family life and uh, the way that that caused her to interact uh, with her birth uh, father. And you can see the difficulties that begin to arise in people's lives where things of the past that are unresolved, which have caused wounding, begin to control us in the present. I said earlier, circumstances, uh, you know, when you're pressed in the place of your wounding, you feel the pain of your past and your present. You know, the reality is that circumstances uh, can cause us pain, but at the same time, you know, the things in the past can cause us pain, but the things that happen now 
can be like somebody just pressing that place and causing you to remember and refeel and relive the pain that you've experienced in the past. And that can, it can come in all sorts of ways. You know, when someone says you're stupid or you're fat or you're slow or you got that wrong, well, it's not so much that you got that wrong, it's like you got that wrong again. You know, you're bad, you're useless. All the negative things that people say over us, especially when we're young. And then when something happens and you say about yourself, oh, what an idiot, I've done it again, you know. And we actually talk ourselves down. I don't know if, I don't know if you've experienced that. Um, I've experienced that where something happens and you talk yourself down. And, uh, you know, wh- what are we doing when we do that? We're beginning to put the lid back on ourselves, you know. I got a bit animated a few weeks ago when I said, no more Mr. Average. That, I got animated because God showed me something about myself that needed to be like a lid coming off and stop limiting yourself. But we can limit ourselves by the things that we say over ourselves. And uh, that problem uh, of being pressed in the place of our pain and, you know, it, it can cause us to act in strange ways. And there's a guy called Terry Wardle who uh, I listened to. Um, it was actually a podcast. It was Kerry Newhoff was interviewing a guy called Terry Wardle. And uh, they had had connection 15 years pre- previously with uh, Kerry Newhoff was getting into burnout and things were just happening in his life. And this interview really spoke to me. There was so much in it. I put it on uh, Facebook uh, for people to see if they wanted to listen to that one. But Terry Wardle said this, he says, if you have the fruit of dysfunction, you have the root of wounding. And I I just found that really interesting. If you have the fruit of dysfunction, then you have the root of wounding. And what he's saying is that there can be things in our lives which are like roots where we've been wounded in the past, and what comes out of that is dysfunction or dysfunctional behavior. It's when our present behavior is still influenced by past wounding. And, you know, that behavior can often be dysfunctional. It can be destructive to others. And it can also be debilitating for us. And the problem is that we can end up going round and round in circles. Remember I was talking about the revolving door. That scenario where we can, we just seem to begin round and round the same stuff all the time and never getting a breakthrough and never finding a way out. If you have the fruit of dysfunction, you have the root of wounding. Another problem is that our woundedness can become something that repels others. And that is a sad, sad truth. But let's think about what David says in Psalm chapter 38, verse 11. He says, my friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay away. And he's not talking about physical wounds. David was a warrior. He was out in the battle uh, field, and he he was just an incredible character. But he's not talking about wounds that would be inflicted in the battlefield. He's talking about internal wounding. And what he's saying here is that it can result in people trying to avoid us. And we don't really want to be in that position where people avoid us because when we press on something, they, they react. And, and, and it can cause friction and tension. But the point is that Jesus wants to come into all of this woundedness and he wants to change us from the inside. Our wounds can have a serious and negative impact on the people that are closest to us. And that's a sad truth. But the good news is that Jesus is a healer. Isn't it good news? He came to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. He came to bind up your wounds and my wounds. And I'm not talking about the ones that were on the screen earlier on. He's designed the body to fix those things itself. But listen to another verse from the Psalms. Psalm 147 verse 3. It paints a very different picture. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. It just reinforces what Isaiah was saying. And this part, this Psalm is a part of a series of Psalms where it says, it begins by saying, praise the Lord. And when we praise the Lord, we begin to look up and away rather than down and in to ourselves. What does the Bible say? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of 
heaviness. So when we're feeling heavy, we begin to praise God, we begin to thank God, and something happens on the inside of us that changes us. We're up, up, and away. Who was it that said up, up, and away? Nobody remember? Up, up, and away. Superman, yeah. So I just remind some people sometimes that the S on my t-shirt is for Stevie, okay? Not Superman. <laughs> but there's something about praising where we fix our eyes not on ourselves and our problem, but we begin to shift our focus and put it on Jesus. And it's part of that process of bringing healing. Jesus didn't just come to save our souls. And don't misunderstand me here. I love it when people make decisions to become a Christian. But when people are transformed by the power of God, I light up. When I see the light coming on inside somebody else, when I see something happen in their lives and the change and transformation, that excites me. You see, it's not just about making a decision in our head. That won't change us, only a transformation of our hearts. You know, we can all make New Year's resolutions, and who would believe that we're at the 1st of November, November, December, and then we'll be making New Year resolutions? What happened to this year? It's absolutely crazy. But a decision in our head won't change the circumstances. Something needs to happen much deeper down in order for there to be change something at a much deeper level. And the mission of Jesus was not just the salvation of our souls. It wasn't just so that we could make a decision and stick our hand up in a service or or say a prayer at the side of our bed, which I did when I was six years old, so that one day we'll go to heaven. If that's all it's about, then it's really easy. Anybody could do that. But Jesus came to to change us, to do a work in our, our spirits, our emotions, our feelings, our thinking, our reasoning, and even our bodies. If you read on in Isaiah 61, it says that even our bodies can be touched by the healing power of God. We've been seeing some answers to prayer in our prayer meetings, and it's been really exciting. People being protected, things happening in people's lives. See, God came to save the whole person, our emotions. He came to heal our woundedness. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. And believe me, there are times where we're brokenhearted. There are times where we think we will never recover from this. And it's amazing that we do recover. And when God's at work in our lives, things happen very quickly. Three things that I think we need to do in order to, to break through in this area. First, we need to let it go. We need to break the chain, and we need to live free. Let it go, break the chain, and live free, which is easier said than done when we wake up to our wounds every day. And I'm really referring to those old wounds which should really have been healed up by now. But there's reasons that we have woundedness in our lives. And often it's in relation to other people and things that have been said and things that have been done. And we said the Lord's Prayer at the start of the service, and we've been saying that as part of our worship to God. What does it say? Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. That's what we owe God. But the story doesn't finish there. It says, as we forgive others. Okay, if God is going to forgive us to the same proportion that we forgive others, if He's going to release us from our indebtedness to the same degree that we release other people from their indebtedness to us, how forgiven would you feel today on a scale of 1 to 10, okay? If you're on social media or YouTube today, you write down what you think you might feel The degree to which we forgive others is the degree to which God forgives us. I don't know about you, I find that a bit scary. It makes me think I need to really take this seriously. But the reality is, the reason God says this, the reason Jesus instructs his disciples to pray this, is because he knows that in forgiving people, we become free. Not them, us. We become free. When we release other people, and in Matthew 18, there's this incredible story 
And, and Peter's asking about forgiveness. It's always Peter. Don't you just love Peter? I love Peter. I think he's a fantastic person in the Bible. And he's asking Jesus about forgiveness, and he says, how many times do I need to forgive the person who sins against me, my brother? Seven times? He was probably thinking, I'd be doing really good if I forgive seven times. No, no, not seven, but 70 times seven. My goodness, that's a lot of times. 490 times. And then Jesus goes on to tell this story about a king, and he called his servant in to give account for his debt. And to put it into today's figures, roughly speaking, in this story which Jesus told, the servant owed the king one billion pounds. Who would like to be in debt to the tune of one billion pounds? Not me. And this servant faced slavery, not just him, but his family, until they could repay the debt. The reality is, in the story, the servant could never repay the debt. He would never be able to repay that debt. And it's like our indebtedness to God. We could never repay that debt. Nothing we could do could ever repay that debt. Nothing. And it says in verse 26 of Matthew 18 that the servant threw himself face down at his master's feet and begged for mercy. Please be patient with me. Just give me more time and I will repay you all that I owe. No chance. But here's what happened. It says that the king forgave his entire debt. My goodness. Can you remember, could, could you imagine all your debt being paid off just like that? Not paid off, but written off. You don't owe anybody anything any longer. And then it says that the servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him somewhere in the region of 20,000 pounds. I would begin to think, well, maybe I could begin to pay off that debt. That's maybe manageable. One billion, no chance. 20,000, maybe there's a possibility. But this is what it says. The one who had his debt forgiven, stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded he remain there until he repaid the debt in full. My goodness. And the king is furious when he hear, hears this. And he, this is what it goes on to say in verses 33 to 35. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed you? In a fury of anger, the king turned him over to the prison guards to be tortured until his debt was repaid. And we said at the start, the debt would never be repaid. So this is a long period. <laughs> In this same way, my heavenly Father will deal with any of you if you do not listen to this, release forgiveness from your heart toward your fellow believer. Release forgiveness from your heart for your fellow believer. Maybe after 490 times of forgiving somebody, we'll have got there. But maybe what it's meaning is that we need to keep forgiving and keep forgiving and keep forgiving until the person is forgiven in our hearts. There comes a moment where we realize, actually, it's not there anymore. We've let that go. But I think sometimes we need to grieve the loss that comes with this type of situation. We can feel there's a loss in our lives, and we need to grieve that loss. I think sometimes we can move on too quickly in life. We need to think about the depth of the situation that we're talking about. Sometimes we still grieve broken relationships, even when there's true and genuine forgiveness. And I sometimes wonder, I mentioned something recently, can you have forgiveness without reconciliation? Do you know what? I think you can. I don't think we're always in a position where you have had to forgive somebody and you can really be reconciled to that person. Like in this lady's situation, maybe she never got the chance to be reconciled to her controlling stepfather. Maybe people who have suffered from abuse, they can find a place to forgive, 
but not necessarily be reconciled to the abuser. Why put yourself back in the same place to be abused again? And so we need to think about that. I think, I think what we do try to get to is a place where we can say it happened, it hurt, I'm healed, and I'm heading into God's future for me. Where the past wounds, where we press on them, where people press on that part of our life, they go, you're able to say, actually, that's just a scar now. That's not causing pain any longer. It's that point where the chain is broken. And it's, it happens when our past hurts and sins, you know, we, we, we can, by not breaking chains, we can cause those past sins and hurts to be handed not just to us, but to the people who come after us, to our children, to those who are in our families, to those who are round about us. And it's, it's like that game of pass the parcel, except you don't want the music to stop while you're holding the parcel. It's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't want to hold on to this. This is the main. I'm, I want we need to hand our heart to God rather than onto those who are round about us. There's this whole thing about chains being broken, and I pray this regularly. I pray this regularly for our community, that we will see God do a work in our community where things from the past, where there have been chains that have bound families for generations will be broken so that there's a new generation which rises up that's free from the wounds of the past, which's free from the hurts of the past, that's free from the abuse of the past, and it's able to live in the reality of what we're talking about today, a new generation rising that will experience the freedom of God, where chains will be broken and where things will happen. And we will, we will praise God and we will celebrate all that God is doing when we see this happen. We've already seen it happen. But we need to take our heart and give it to God. You can pray any prayer you like to God. You can pray things to God that you would never say to somebody else ever in your life. And God is able to handle our heart and our pain. And we need to begin to get to a place where we invite God into that place of our pain so that we can live free. And you know what Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the truth isn't our feelings, and the truth isn't the facts, the truth is a person. What did Jesus say? He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The way, the truth, and the life. The truth is a person, and when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Jesus can come in to our lives, and He can set us free if we will allow Him access into our lives. We thought about that analogy of the house where it's renovated and restored to purpose. God, if we will allow Him access, will renovate us and restore us to purpose. He can heal the past wounds and past hurts. But we need to allow Him access. And if you're in here today and you've never allowed Jesus access into your life, then I encourage you to do that today. If you're joining us online, and you've never invited God into your life, make today the day that you do that. God can bring us freedom. God can bring us freedom and healing into our past hurts so that when people press on that today, that we don't feel the pain of the past. Yes, we need to be careful about this as we go through our lives and the way that we interact with each other, but I just encourage us to be really intentional about inviting God into our lives. Now, there's a lot more that can be said on, on this particular subject, and I'm going to finish for today. But I am going to invite you to a course which we're going to run for five weeks over five Mondays, 9th, 16th, 23rd, 30th of November and the 7th of December with this guy here. His name is Terry Wardle. This is the guy I was referring to earlier on. Terry said some things in this interview that for me were, were, it was a game changer. God spoke to me. It was, 
You know, somebody said to me, if you get a book and you pick it up at the right time, it can be life transforming. You could listen to this interview and go, nah, I'm not getting it, and that's fine. But for me, it was a game changer. And uh, Terry has put together a series of five uh, videos which take us through, it takes us on a healing journey. And I, I'm just inviting people to join us on this journey. Uh, the information's there, we'll put that up. Uh, on social media as well and on the website and what have you. Um, but there's also a link here, uh, terrywardle.com uh, forward slash resources, where if you don't want to be part of the group, but you want to look at this material, you can go online and look at the videos yourself and, and get everything yourself. But it's open to everyone. However, depending on how many people come along to that, we might not be able to walk with you one-on-one -on -one, uh, through the journey. So I'm just saying that right at the start. Uh, certainly not all at the same time anyway. But I invite people to come on a healing journey. If you're in a place where you feel um, that there are things that you maybe want to work through in terms of healing in your own life, then I invite you to join us in this course on Zoom on a Monday night. But we need to begin, and this is, this is the crux of it, we need to begin through the power of the Holy Spirit to pray in the redemption of our whole being. Jesus came to save the whole being, body, soul, spirit. And the power of the cross works in the whole of who we are. And I'm not talking about that wooden artifact. There's a cross on the back of the church wall, okay? That thing doesn't have any power in it. What has power in it is the death of a sinless Savior who took upon himself our sin, our woundedness, our brokenness, and who said in one of his darkest moments, the dark, in fact, probably the darkest moment in history, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He defeated death. He took the keys of the grave and hell. And he rose on that historical Sunday victorious, and he ascended to the Father, and then he sent the Holy Spirit who's living in the world today to fill us and to give us power, and he's working in this world today through his body, the church. Through us, he's at work in the church, and he's at work in his presence through the Spirit. Will you invite the Holy Spirit into your life today? Will you invite him in? I said over the past few weeks that you'll only get better if you want to get better. And it's not just sometimes a decision that we make in our heads, because we do that so often. It's like, I'll go on that diet on Monday, okay? You, you've probably all had that experience. I'll cut down on Monday, right? Whatever that is, okay? I just use that as one example. You fill in the blanks. It can be whatever you like but I'll do it on Monday. We'll start on Monday. It'll be a fresh day on Monday with the start of a new week, and then Monday comes, and by the time you get to the end of Monday, what have you done? Totally forgot about what you said. It needs to be more than something that happens in here. It needs to be something that happens in the depth of, of our being, and we need to want to change. Our wounds can make us bitter, or they can make us better. I pray that they will make us better, and not allow woundedness in our life to create strongholds that we hide behind, places that we run to when we're pressed in the wrong area of our lives. Let's just pray as we finish off. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he led a sinless life. Father, that we thank you that he was perfect Father, we thank you for his example and his power and his strength. Father, uh, I can't think of anybody like him. He's just incredible. And Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he was willing to come to this earth to die the way he did. And Father, to quote another verse from Isaiah, where it says, by his stripes we are healed. Father, we know that he has accomplished healing for us, and that can be emotional, uh, physical, spiritual, bodily. Father, he can heal us in so many different ways. Father, we pray that we would experience the healing power 
of our Savior today. And Father, I, I just pray for anyone in this congregation today, whether in person here in the building or online, Father, that is experiencing the effects of woundedness from their past, Lord, that we would make that decision to go on this healing journey. Father, to just stop for a little bit of time and think about how we can bring your presence into our woundedness. Father, where we can experience a changed person on the inside. Lord, we know that a changed person on the inside will affect who we are on the outside. It will affect our interactions with others. It will affect even our health, Father, even our physical health. And Lord, you want life for us. Jesus is the life. You came to give us life in all its fullness. Father, help us to recognize where the enemy comes to steal our peace and our joy and our relationships and our love for one another and get in between us and get into our families. And Lord, we just pray that you would help us to be so aware of that. Lord, we pray, bring healing into each of our lives, Father. We want to walk free. We want to live with chains broken. Father, we want to walk into the future that you have for us. So we pray, help us to do that. We can't do it in our own strength, but we know that we can do it in your strength. With God, all things are possible. And Father, just as we closed off last week, and Father, it comes back to mind this week as well from Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so, Father, we ask these things in his name. And if you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, if you've never invited him in, then today I encourage you to do that. Just say this prayer after me. You can say it out loud or in your heart, into yourself. Dear God, there are areas of my life where I have been wounded. I invite you to come in and to heal me and to forgive me and to make me clean and to give me a fresh start today. Do a deep work in my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Holy Spirit, come in to my life and help me to live your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, let us know. Go to whitburnpentecostal.com, send us an email through that, leave a message on some of the social media platforms or YouTube or whatever you're watching on. Or if you're in here today and you want to chat further, I'll get my mask on and uh, we can chat. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace, a peace that surpasses understanding. Amen.